There goes the neighborhood. Here comes Webb. Jesus Christ. <laughs> What's up, Webb? How's it going? You know, you guys, I, I, I saw the list of episodes, of the movies that you guys chose for uh, Grand Gesture. How come I got mm-hmm. stuck with <laughs> Hellboy? Because you're a bad guest. Why? <laughs> Don't ask questions like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was on uh, I was perusing Letterbox and I saw somebody's review of Blade Runner 2049 and it just said, it said, uh, how the fuck can I review this movie? And they gave it a five out of five and it had like 400 likes. And I was like, I, this is it. This is the end of the world. I can't. It's not <laughs> worth the it letterbox. anymore. Can't. We got bigger like, issues I'm, than that, I'm, <laughs> Letterbox, that's your that's your tipping point. <laughs> well, just Some that... bullshit social media site. Is it like <laughs> It's like I work so hard on shit that ultimately doesn't go anywhere and, and I know that like three people it. might actually put it out and then maybe hmm. something will happen. You can't just work hard on it and then keep it for yourself. <laughs> Unnecessary step, Dave. <laughs> I, I know. It's small detail. When Web dies, everyone will see this work and they're like, oh my god, the genius. <laughs> I actually thought my last episode uh, on, on, on my Indian podcast was pretty good. Like I was actually re- like I'm very rarely happy with anything that I do because I'm just a useless cunt and I hate everything that comes out of this mind as soon as it comes out. Sounds and, like a solid was, iTunes right? review already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry like I couldn't get to the mud episode I know you recommended it Mike I just um you should probably I watch mud first it. probably should do that I know it's on my shelf and and I just didn't want to watch I wasn't really in the mood for a Nichols film and then this weekend I had to do a bunch of religious stuff with um with the family so um I, I wanted to go through all the commentaries for Hellboy I got through 
a, like half of for a thirty uh, minute of... podcast. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, I wanted it. <laughs> well, Del Toro's commentaries are always great, but this one wasn't so great because he was he was with Mike Manolia and and they just talked about the movie. Whereas, like, I like hearing Del Toro talk about you know his influences. So it wasn't that great, but that doesn't have anything to do with the romance or rom com. So no. I guess it's kind of a waste. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's, right. there's there's our top of the show bumper to get people interested in, in the show. <laughs> Dave, you, you gotta you, you know gotta what? you gotta introduce Webb in the show. We gotta get into it before he start he starts getting it even more depressing. End of times. <laughs> this was terrible. I've not seen mud. Oh Jesus! All right. Might as well just get into this. It's we're like a half hour behind already. This is All supposed right. to be like a happy <laughs> populist episode. Just some yeah, mainstream yeah. entertainment and web. You were coming in like we made you watch Schindler's List or something. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> it's Nazis in both movies, right? It's, it's a, it's a, yeah, 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 let's do it. Let's do this. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> this is what counts as ready. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Grand Gesture, where Coastal Elite Dave and Country Bumpkin Mike apply everything we've learned from movies to our love lives. And this week, we have a guest. We have Webb. Uh, from... See, I totally forgot the name of your show already. You can change <laughs> in your shit. What is it called? No, it's Darn That Dream. It's we still Darn That Dream. I like, okay. that. I like that you really, when you were speaking, you are saying, this week, Fuck we it. have a guest. Unlike every I, other episode. Country bumpkin, coastal lead, and East Coast pessimist coming at you. This is gonna right. be this is gonna be awesome. Right. We have Webb from the podcast Darn That Dream. Webb, thanks for being with us this week. Oh man, thanks for having me. And I'm glad you guys show such a um <laughs> romantic and and emotional journey uh, for me to watch for this week. Well, before we get into that journey, why don't you tell people about your podcast and where they can listen to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me on iTunes or Libsyn. Um, my podcast is called Darn That Dream. And in an effort to, you know, bring some color to this white-ass podcast, I decided I was going to... <laughs> Are you talking about this one specifically? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, continue. I decided... I know, I, I really wanted to... I recently I recently got married and um, and to somebody Indian, because I'm Indian, and so, you know, uh, uh, that, that's the only that. reason you married her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about love and, and grand gestures. And I was like, baby, <laughs> you're brown. I'm, no. Um, and, and so it, uh, I really got in touch with my cultural roots uh, lately. And um, that got me uh, really back into my first uh, uh, film love, which is Bollywood. And then I really got into a lot of independent um, Indian cinema. And so uh, I, I feel like there is not enough uh, um, about Indian cinema on, on the podcast universe, um, and which really makes it kind of a niche show. Uh, and I try to make sure to find films that are available to watch on Netflix. But I really am interested in Indian cinema uh, right now. And so that's kind of what I've uh, devoted my podcast to. I feel like no one here is uh, excited about Hellboy. I don't understand it. We're all Del Toro fans. What's going on? Sure, we are. Yeah. Well, here's the. Th um, um, this was actually probably this. The two Hellboy films. I don't know. I'm not huge fanatics of them. So this might be a whole Midge situation again, because, um, <laughs> like, I, and I love 
Del Toro's filmography, but for whatever reason, it's it's tough for me to get into these two flicks. I'm not sure why, and that's why I thought the two the, the you know um, the two of you guys talking with me about it, we can get to the bottom of it. While, but I did enjoy um, the love story aspect of it this time around because I was kind of focusing on it this uh, more, and, and there are a couple moments that are really uh, kind of got to me uh, um, on an emotional level that really brought back uh, some haunting memories of my past. So I'm excited to talk about them. Okay, I, I don't have any of that in my research. No, the, the pre-show <laughs> interviews did not mention anything about your demonic past. <laughs> Born with a tail and horns. Uh, let's uh, let, let's get into let's get into the meet cute here, which I don't know if there is one between our romantic leads because we're mm-hmm. they they already know each other. They already have some some history, and I will say that uh, Hellboy has a bit of a he's got the you know the grand gesture sort of stalker creep complex a little yeah. bit going mm-hmm. on here uh to be fair to him he is also locked up in captivity and then brought out to uh basically do janitorial work with huge monsters but for me at least the meat cute uh is between his uh sort of adoptive father that's i mean that's that's the actual meat cute we see is with hellboy the baby and this this scientist this man who carries uh, candy bars that don't melt in his pocket that was one thing that i found a little bit too fanciful <laughs> <laughs> he had plenty That's of those. <laughs> the demonic baby. <laughs> they, were the part you <laughs> they were bone dry in that 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 rainstorm, you know. I, I I like any use of bone dry being used on a romantic comedy podcast. <laughs> but uh, that plays one of the strengths of the film: Ron Perlman and John Hurt and their chemistry together. And I think probably John Hurt has that with anyone. So I don't know if anything was. I don't know if this is to Del Toro's credit. But I do think the father-son stuff really works here. So that's the meat cute I'm going to go with. What about yourself, Dave? Unique. That's a word you'll hear frequently around here. Sir, where am I exactly? As you enter the lobby, there was an inscription. In the absence of light, darkness prevails. There are things that go bump in the night, Agent Myers. Make no mistake about that. And we are the ones who bump back. Wow, I wouldn't I wouldn't have picked that. As I was watching the movie, I was thinking, like, how are we actually going to kind of go after this as far as, like, the couple? Because the couple that en- ends up together, it's not really set up that way. I think, if anything, you're set up with this, like, new agent and the female character having their the start of this relationship, you know, they end up, you know, going for this nice walk together while being stalked by Hellboy the whole time. But the way the movie ends up, it doesn't really kind of fit that mold. So I like that you've gone the father and son route instead. You know, let's talk about romance between fathers and sons. That's always a good way to go, Mike. <laughs> you don't have to say romance. We could say love. How about that? I think that's acceptable. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, I'm hesitant to do this, but Webb, does this open up dark <laughs> memories? Any sort of father-son relationships here? <laughs> no, no dark memories. No dark memories. I will get to that uh, in a little bit. Um, no, I, I, there are a lot of interesting relationships, um, and none of them get enough time, at least to be uh, qualified uh, uh, in the rom-com genre. But I do like the the father-son uh, relationship that you brought up, and, and I wish I we had more of it. I, I wanted more John Hurt in this film, and his relationship to not only Hellboy, but to uh, Samuel Blair's character um, um, and David Hyde Pierce's character, kind of, right? He did the voice. 
How dare you? <laughs> don't give the man any credit. I don't <laughs> think did he even take credit for this? I don't think he did. Did he? Is he he's no, uncredited. He did. No. Yeah. yeah. And he wasn't in the second one. The, the 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 actor did his own voice. I don't know what was going on in this in, in this film. <laughs> I changed my mind, Dave. You're editing this episode. <laughs> Web is saying things that I think he's going to continue. Then he just starts giggling. And I'm like, oh, that was the end of the thought. <laughs> he gives us our laugh cue. That's good. Let me, uh, let me say that I've not seen this since I guess two thousand four or five ish. I, I think I watched it when it came to DVD, and I was I was a fan of it. <clears throat> but it does struggle a little bit with age um, because we've had so many fucking origin stories, so many different comic book uh, films, and this one in particular, where it was an offbeat character, uh, I guess dark horse or indie um, property that they I felt like they really. We're bending over backwards, say no, no, no. This is like this is a normal superhero. Yes, he's got horns, and yeah, he's going to bring sure. about the apocalypse. But you know, he likes cats. Um, you know, he likes <laughs> junk food. You know, he does. Yeah. He doesn't. <laughs> he gets jealous yeah. when his when his crush is out with uh, Mister Exposition. You know, this, this white dweeb <laughs> that comes in. Yeah. So I feel like they're they're really bending over backwards to try to normalize character and i think that's why doug jones which webb somewhat brought up uh alluding to behind the scenes struggles with <laughs> with the actors i think that's what abe sapien uh probably if they were making it now they would focus more on the oddity of the two monster yeah. characters the red and blue because he's he's sort of comfortable in his own skin as far as like what he's what he's about as far as eating you know disgusting food and he likes to read a lot you know he doesn't he doesn't have the baggage unfortunately for our show of a romance and i don't know if that's aged well i, I don't know as i said the the meat cute here for selma blair her character of liz is that she's damaged and really even the resolution of the film is you're still damaged, so might as well get with the guy who can withstand your fire with your flame. I mean, literally, <laughs> that's yeah. Uh, and I, I agree with Webb that I do wish there was a little bit more, I guess, normalizing of Liz to a certain point. She she is yeah. definitely treated as the the monster in this film, the one that everyone should be afraid of, and it, it certainly is a little bit uncomfortable when our male lead uh, Hellboy, the one with the horns, is going to bring about the apocalypse. He's a dude you grab a beer with, but Liz. Well, she's batshit crazy. And any woman that's crazy, not to be dealt with, put her in a room and throw away the key. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned the origin story because this really is an origin story for the first, like, 12 minutes. And then it goes into – you have Mr. Exposition absolutely there to guide you through this weird world for maybe the next 10 minutes. And then at that point, the character just kind of behave as – as if like there had been a whole nother movie. So you get your barrage with um, all these different characters, interesting and fantastic uh, and visually very stimulating characters. Um, but right. You don't spend enough time with each of them. Uh, I think to get truly invested for me, I know, I know there's a huge cult following uh, with both of uh, both Hellboy films, but I never got quite there. Do you think it works better if we see the beginnings of uh, Hellboy and some of Blair's character, like their connection when mm -hmm. when they were when they were younger, when they first met? Because we have this this huge gap that we're dealing with where it's like, you know, he really cares about her, but you don't really know about 
what they were like together, what their friendship was like, do you think that would tie you to these two characters better? So then it, when the end happens, it fits a little better? Honestly, no. I think they did exactly what they could. I, I know that one of the cop-out answers was like, oh, this should be a miniseries because everything can be solved with a miniseries these days. But with Hellboy, this movie's already so stuffed with characters and motivations and relationships, you kind of have to skip over that. Uh, um, the bit from childhood all the way to he's technically like what reverse dog ear, just like twenty ish. He's twenty ish technically. We need a like, need put, a sound put effect in put in here. Some sort of nerd alert that's going on. <laughs> in post. Explain the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I know Hellboy's got uh, like a receding hairline. I just attribute that to the horns they used to shave down. So I, I wasn't really looking at how well he had aged gracefully as a demon spawned from hell. Pretty good, I guess, of all the ones I'm aware of. Not bad considering. <laughs> you guys notice that the, the samurai like knot top that he has? Do you know? Do you guys know if that's like a, a, a an actual thing from the comic books, or is that? I know I've... that I don't care. I know <laughs> Don't be mean, Dave. Thanks, <laughs> man. Grand gesture. Man. I'm sure. I'm sure it's from the comic books. Given that Guillermo okay. del Toro is almost a bigger geek than Webb, I'm sure it was taken from the comics. I think I'm gonna move us to our breakup. Uh, this is the first time where a guest uh, we've broken up with him mid-show, or he's broken up with us. <laughs> We almost did it before we started recording. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's really up to you guys to make that grand gesture to keep me here and you know keep this thing afloat. Wait for the third act. Now we got another, we got another ten minutes of Be rocky patient. territory to get through. And uh, I don't know with this film, the breakup here is it, is it the death of John Hurt? Is it uh, you know you have this? Unfortunately, you have this villain that's. His powers to, I guess, move and appear when he needs to <laughs> delegate chess pieces the, on the board. He's, he's a plot monster. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, whatever. <laughs> and I, I guess, you know, what, what they're they're pushing towards here is that uh, the group here is somewhat fractured. And, and as an audience member, you're, you're led to believe, I think, that without that sort of the uh, fatherly love, that relationship that grounds Hellboy, that he'll be tempted to cross over and go to the dark side and, and give up on humanity. Uh, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I never really get that with Ron Perlman. Like I, I feel like actually I'm just kind of pissed at the film that they kill John Hurt and just, yeah. to, just to kind of set up like a set piece. Like, all right, we got the gang together. Let's go, let's go fight the boogeyman. And uh, I, I mean, there's certainly not a breakup necessarily with Liz. Cause as we said at the beginning, they're not together. And it doesn't, no. it doesn't seem like she has any interest and he, he has started to get those hints. I mean, he's, you know, he's not completely unaware of her feelings here. So I, uh, yeah, the breakup for me yet again, John Hurt, this is the, this is the grand gesture of the film is that John Hurt was a sexy, sexy man and don't take him away from me ever. <laughs> but life did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there it is. Um, I, I think you bring up a good point because the movie sets up that we're going to lose him pretty early in the movie. Like he has this, you know, this medical issue going on. So we know he doesn't have long to last. So it seems Do you believe like, that, Dave? 
in this world do you believe like with all those artifacts and that we're just like well medical sciences i'm gone so i guess that's it anti-cancer artifact we gotta go i only wish i had some connections with people who worked with these relics from other realms that may produce some magic stop death Hmm. (laughs) i feel like i've had some experience with this um so it just feels like it's like kind of like a double aspect here where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to have you mourn him before he's gone. But then we're going to have him be murdered in front of your eyes, too. It seems unnecessarily harsh. And this is an area I wish they had spent more time with because you're right. I don't think we ever really we feel the loss as an audience, but I don't think we ever feel the loss from the rest of the team. Like, it's very sad, but they move on pretty quickly because the situation kind of makes them, but I would have liked an extra five minutes here of them kind of dealing with what's just happened here because he is supposedly the one who's holding them all together. And then he is torn away from them. And they're just like, well, I guess we got to kill the bad guy. Like we were going to do five minutes ago. Anyway, I actually felt like we mourned the, uh, we mourned the security guard. Like the, yeah, that's, that's the guy I, that's I a babysitter did. for Hellboy. I feel like Hellboy emotes more with his, his death. Yeah. As a balding man, I really felt for him, you know? <laughs> and the thing is, we don't get enough scenes. This is the episode on John- hair. Strangely, <laughs> Hellboy's our episode on men's hair. Top that balding. Porn. <laughs> we, we, don't, we, <laughs> we don't get enough scenes with John Hurt being a father or being fatherly to uh, um, Hellboy and to Abe and and to uh, you know he has that one moment the reunion with Selma Blair's character, um, but ultimately his death doesn't feel uh, um, earned or at least the emotion that should be behind it isn't quite there. So the breakup really is um, a little shallow for me. So we find that Webb is dead inside. Yeah, yeah. Well, we feels nothing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I think I think it uh, speaks to Dave's point that setting up that John Hurt is dead man walking, that mm-hmm. it's meant to make that death okay in some way. Like, ah, well, we already know he was a goner. He was so going to die anyway. He so got it quick. Who cares if he got stabbed? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but it is, like, when he is making or about to make that grand gesture later on in the film, uh, uh, that's ultimately what stops him. So, you know, it's... It, it, it feels like that death should have been more than it was, uh, even with the dead man walking status that he had. Part part of it is probably that it's, you know, 2004 comic book movie, PG 13. Mm-hmm. I think that there's, yeah. there's a lot of restrictions here on Del Toro, uh, to not only tame down the weirdness of the characters, but you know, it's strangely bloodless in that way. I mean, you do have some, like the, the villain that's, you know, the sand body or whatever the hell it is with his little gauges, like yeah, you know, him him walking towards me, uh, a little creepy. You know, just just his get up. Um, Cervantes from Soul Calibur, essentially. There, no, there's there's a cue, uh, Dave. Since you're editing, there's <laughs> the nerd alert. There's the nerd alert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> you guys are assholes. Glad we got into Dreamcast talk. That's good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, that is a demo we're going after with this <laughs> romantic movie podcast. Angry nerds. <laughs> Do you feel like there should be more? Uh, there should be more angry nerd in uh, Hellboy here because Dave, you said that they move along after the death. They don't really allow him to grieve. I don't feel like even. I mean, he throws rocks at this guy that he thinks is, uh, you know, attempting to take Liz from him. But he's he's a pretty tame dude for the, a guy that is the 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 walking physical embodiment of the end of the world. 
I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the film is kind of missing a bit of danger to it. That if Del Toro was going to make it now, would be all over it. Yeah, I think I think there's a couple things. When when I was first watching this, I expected that scene to go to get way uglier, like the scene where he's kind of following them through the streets and throwing rocks at them and trying to figure out what's going on. But I think you know you brought up kind of way at the beginning this idea of kind of taming everyone and like oh it's no but he's still a hero see so you can't have him be that dark you can't have him be like a true anti-hero because otherwise you you lose that and i kind of wish they would have gone the other direction like i wish they would have made him a lot more dangerous but they you could tell they were always just kind of pulling the reins and holding him back really you shouldn't even been asking that 10 year old for the cookies he should have just been eating them and the ten year old the little I have a feeling then it probably would not be featured on our romance no. movie podcast with that this creature. Still might. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so fun for the whole family. You know? Let's let's it, get to the, the grand gesture then. Yeah. Because it's yeah. it's the decision for him not to in the world, even though he is he's going to do so he's tempted to do so out of love out of uh, to save liz even though it's it's the ultimate like well you may accomplish that but to what end (laughs) yeah what sort of planet are you giving her uh... (laughs) so i mean maybe in that regard this is the grandest gesture you know we've seen but i do think it's it's resolved a little yet again a little too quickly in the sense that you have mr exposition saying like hey you were adopted Don't. and old dad loved you. <laughs> he loved you, Hellboy. You're better than this. And he's like, you know what? I am. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then that, the whole process is done. It's like, you know, rip off the horn, stab the dude. Uh, you know, yeah. Why was he under their thumb so much? And to that regard, it's very James Bond where the villain didn't really have a fallback option other than like, now no. give me your word. You're going to bring about the apocalypse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. This yeah. is not the art of the deal here. You know, he did not read you know, our president's work. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or maybe he did. <laughs> In the dark. I heard your voice. What did you say? I said, hey. You on the other side. Let her go. Because for... I do feel like you're right that it it's almost like this anti-grand gesture where it's like what is like if he does save her life by bringing about the end of the world with all these you know horrific gods coming through what happens anyway like probably they all die anyway so you're not really doing anything there and then the other point you brought up is how quickly this gets <laughs> this gets solved it's like it felt like Del Toro wanted us to believe that the end of the world was happening and he wanted to use some of those effects so badly that they didn't really think through how to move past this. Because all they did was have somebody yell at him, say, hey, you should not do that. 
And he, okay, I guess I'll not do that. <laughs> and now I'll beat the bad guy like I was supposed to from the very beginning. And it just feels like a bait and switch that never really works. Sort of a prediction for Hellboy 3, where it's like, you know, he wants he wanted to bring the apocalypse. And then the studio's like, no, nope. you should not. Nope. nope. <laughs> the DVD, fired, DVD days are gone, sir. Nobody wants yeah. this anymore. Yeah. Now they want Hellboy eating children. That's We heard it on his podcast. We're ready for it. <laughs> Here's 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 what I think the grand gesture really is. That's absolutely, um, uh, you know, that's the obvious one. But I think a more powerful one was him kind of letting go of Liz um, in that moment. Uh, what really speaks to me is where he says, and, and I think Ron Perlman is one of his finest moments as an actor. Uh, he says, you know, uh, uh, like I can't, I can't, I wish there was some way I could like change this. And he waves at his face. And that's a really powerful moment. And I've been in situations where uh, um, I felt like I could fit in or maybe get the girl uh, at a younger age where I looked more like everyone else in the United States. And so that's that's something that really spoke to me. And for me, that was his grand gesture where he's like he's letting her go because the whole time you know, he's going and kind of stalking her, visiting her in, in her uh, um, a confined area, and she's telling him, like, if you really love me, you'll let me go. I mean, you could kind of argue that that would be the breakup moment, but for me, the grand gesture, uh, uh, that that's it, letting her go. Um, so I found that to be incredibly moving and kind of the the the, the zenith of, of uh, anything emotional in this film. Like, that for me really did it. Doesn't the very end of this film undercut that, though? Like, by he lets her go, but then they, you know, they share their kiss on fire at the end so he's not really oh shut up letting oh, yeah she? That, you, you <laughs> have to the kiss obli- there <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> the about then the obligatory sad shot of mr exposition he legitimately like, looks down at his feet it's uh yeah no you're right it, it absolutely undercuts that moment and and um but but still like because it it, it was a special moment for me and I, I really related to it uh it spoke volumes to me rather than uh him, him you know sticking his big hand in the lock and then or, or not doing it in the third lock. Really, that, that's that speaks more to me. My personal romantic <laughs> experience sticking this sticking big hand in the lock. In the lock. <laughs> I was like, "There's no way Mike lets this go." There's no way. Oh God, my my eyes. Uh, you know, this is not an audio podcast, but you know, on Skype, my co-host here got so big for that pitch that I wanted to hit. It's like, "Don't jump in, Dave. This is mine. I'm all over it." Well, I mean, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Dave's frozen on one half and. Uh, so I'm, I'm just happy to imagine this, you know, as I often do with with Dave. You know? <laughs> well, you just somehow you took it to a weirder step than I did there with my. Somehow, <laughs> here we are. All you need to do for more of this is subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, the last episode we record is the best. It's, this is the one. This is one uh, Web, are you are you are you just normally this giddy, or are you are you drunk? What's what's going on here? No, no, not at all. I'm just really, uh, you know, nervous because you got you guys are you guys are big deals, mm. and <laughs> I'm small fry. That says more about you than it does about us. I think. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just waiting for this recording to be over so I can throw up and then come back and do another one. This is there's oh, nothing God, glamorous about that. One of these? <laughs> Two more. Two more of these Two more. tonight. But tonight? It's gonna be weird because the continuity is gonna be me bitching about how sick I am, and they're gonna be like, "Good lord, he's he's been sick for months. What is he dying?" <laughs> See, you're 
man, you guys are such like bosses because you plan so far ahead of time. I'm thinking, oh man, it's gonna be up later this week. And it's probably not. <laughs> nope. It's never going up. <laughs> <laughs> that that is more plausible to me. Yes. Well, Webb, you've already sort of answered our final question, which is applying it to our personal lives. Mm-hmm. So it did speak to you personally, as far as that sort of outsider mentality, especially in a romantic sense, different experience, just different look. Does the, does the film work on its own though? Do you think like, you know, given that it was geared towards, I guess, mainstream audiences at at the time, it was certainly not, labeled as some sort of horror movie. This was an, you know, an action superhero tale. Do you think that people got that much out of Hellboy or did, or did they just think, Hey, this is just a fine monster movie with some gunfights. I, I think it's an enjoyable romp. I don't know if they got what Del Toro wanted them to get out of it. I think Del Toro really wanted to push the fact that, you know, what makes a man human. There's I think a couple different monologues, one in the beginning, one in the end uh, with voiceover that he kind of discusses that. And with two different characters. So I don't think that point was driven quite home in the way that he had hoped. Uh, I frankly, I'm shocked that it got a sequel with a bigger budget. Um, but here we are. I mean, I think there's a reason why it didn't get that third film. Um, despite like the constant like likes and retweets on, on Del Toro's like Twitter feed. Uh, but ultimately I think it's an enjoyable romp and there's not much more to it. I would say it's like lower tier Del Toro for his filmography. Whoa, and then, whoa, whoa. Didn't you listen to like 18 commentary tracks on this? Aren't you? Didn't you do like a ton of research for this movie that me yeah, and Dave was five minutes before? Like, what are we talking about again? What, what is it? What did we pick for tonight? I guess let me type in IMDb. Oh, hell boy. I remember that. <laughs> Nothing that I did prior to this was helpful for the past half hour. I can assure you. Dave? Any any thoughts on that statement? Uh, yeah, yeah. First of all, I just I'm cracking up at Webb saying enjoyable romp uh, in, that, in that monotone voice. He sounds like you're having a great time. Um, I think I think there 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 is something in this movie, and I think those those things you mentioned, this idea of like you know the outsider looking in and never feeling like you fit, I think really do come through. But I think the problem becomes I think Del Toro is in his element when he gets to create his own stories and kind of control the narrative. Whereas with movies like this, he has to kind of fit it in to kind of this larger mythos that's been built for years and years and years. And you you can see him. I mean, that's why we have, you know, Captain Exposition, you know, throughout half this movie kind of filling us in on what's going on. And I know that must have like pained him as a director to have to like shoehorn all this nonsense in because he's like, I just want to I just want to hang out with the monster because that's his thing. And I think that's where the movie really shines is when we are with Hellboy, not when we are trying to be introduced to this world by this other agent. It's funny, though, because the romance itself, I've read just a couple of Hellboy stories. I don't think his relationship with Liz is like that. I think they're right. just peers. I don't. I don't know. Like I'm not. I'm not up on my Hellboy mythology, right. so don't. Well, Del Toro is kind of romantic, though. I mean, even in his darkest stories, there is. I mean, we'll see that when you know his movie comes out this year, which is all about romance and monsters. Yeah. And I think that's something he's been kind of hinting at his whole career. So that doesn't surprise me that if he's. I mean, I don't know either. I haven't read a single Hellboy comment comic, but um, if he just shoehorned that in there, that wouldn't surprise me at all because that kind of goes with what he usually does. I think one issue I have with the the Liz Hellboy relationship is that, yeah, he looks different, 
but all the rest of his shit's really fucking cool. Like there's, there's no like Webb. You've already talked about he he ages in reverse dog years or whatever, <laughs> whatever the, the, whatever the is, equation. <laughs> and yeah, maybe he's got a little bit of a balding problem, but he's got that cool top knot, cool horns. He can change his his appearance. You know, just let the the horns fly. But everything else, I mean, you know, just once people once he's normalized, it's all gravy for him. Like his all of his you know weirdness is really the really cool powers her power not so much it's a it's a power basically telling her to be quiet and don't tap into those emotions don't freak out or you'll destroy everyone you love and Mm. i I think that's it's weird because she truly is the i think what del toro is wanting us to believe about hellboy she's the she's the one that's like if she really taps into herself and lets go then Every, you know, it, it could be very bad. It could be really dangerous. And it is a, kind of a shame. I don't, and I don't know if it's just because that's a little too dark for this film. They want to, they want to give Ron Perlman the lines where he just talks about, you know, I'll always look this good. And you know, he just kind of, he just glosses over what could be really problematic. You let those two Titans have a war of the roses. Mm. My goodness. <laughs> the world trembles. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it does juxtapose, not just, excuse me, parallels. Um, you know, uh, Hellboy's ability to bring about the apocalypse. So he's probably equally as dangerous, except he is, you're right, in control where she completely is not. She's kind of getting a handle on it. You see one scene outside her, uh, I don't want to say asylum, just, you know, whatever. Her um, bed and breakfast. Hospital. Yes, the BNB. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you see her, like, you know, control it in that instant. Otherwise, she's in the mo- end of the movie being like, hit me hard. And, you know, Mr. Exposition. <laughs> Kind of has to do what he has to do. Dave, any personal stories in that no. particular scene you want to share in your love no. life? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, sir. All right. I think that's a good Art. time to uh, wrap up. Tell Webb to promote his show again. <laughs> Webb, where you can know, they find more of this, you know, oh hard-hitting podcasting on Indian film? You can't find this anywhere but with Dave Hart and 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 my my absolute like, like boss brother Mike. Is. No, it doesn't. And I, I I the thing is, you can't find me. Let like, him give me compliments, anywhere. Dave. Don't interrupt. And, and, <laughs> you can't find me anywhere but like with you two guys. Like in in this mode, I I feel like I'm much more reserved because I'm afraid to look like a complete uh, a doofus when I'm on my own show. Like I I, I, I enjoy I enjoy this way more than you know my Indian nonsense, which can be found at the podcast Darn That Dream and on Twitter occasionally um, at Web Is Trying because I certainly certainly am. <laughs> Please give that man a follow. <laughs> that was the most earnest He's social trying. media <laughs> some promo spot there. Hat in hand. <laughs> We're uh, we're a grand gesture pod, and we don't give a shit if you follow us or not. We prefer if you don't. <laughs> oh, I think that's the episode, gentlemen. <laughs> you guys can't piece together like twenty minutes of coherence. So there's no way you're gonna do this. Clips are our friend. <laughs> well, that's right. That's we trick people into oh. thinking, oh yeah, they covered a whole lot more because there was ten minutes of clips. Minutes. <laughs> oh my god! I'm so, 
I'm so pleased that my last episode had some English in it because I could finally use some clips. Otherwise, it's been a real well, That's very true. A Bollywood podcast. Yeah. I know. It's, it's a real pain. It's Hellboy. Second date. No time. Uh, you know, uh, my copy of Burn After Reading is coming tomorrow, so that'll be sweet. <laughs> Why in the world <laughs> did you order a physical copy of Burn After Reading? Because, well, I got it. For, I got it for four dollars on eBay. So I was like, oh, you know, I've been meaning to rewatch eBay. it. Jesus! <laughs> like, like I submitted a best <laughs> offer and they accepted it. What was I going to do? I was obligated to buy. My goodness, what is this? You're time traveling to back Hellboy's release, 2004, going on eBay for your DVD needs. Hey, Blu-ray. I, I, okay. Get it at Suncoast. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>